0: Welcome to the School of Risk podcast, where successful risk takers are made and celebrated. Our mission is to help you become successful risk takers. I am your host, Chizubal Gudo, and today with me on the show is Beatrice Kihagi. Beatrice is an entrepreneur who has achieved great success by building an empire in logistics. This saw her grow her business in Uganda, Kenya, and South Sudan. I have so much respect for this woman. She is an amazing story of true great success, lots of achievements, and then, boom, she lost it all. She had to navigate the war-torn zones of South Sudan health issues and even death threats which saw her relocate to Los Angeles, USA. If you are not inspired by this, I don't know what else will. Ladies and gentlemen, we struggled with the audio of this episode and even contemplated scrapping it but because of how powerful this story is, we decided to share it with you and my editor did his best to enhance it. This, this is a two hour episode which we have divided into two parts for ease of listening. To enjoy our daily shows, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the School of Risk Podcast. Also, subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast channels such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or any of the apps you listen to your podcast on so you don't miss out. We will be there. <music> Have you been affected by failure in any way? How do you view failure? Today, we'll be talking about the beauty of failure. Beatrice Kihagi, this successful entrepreneur, will share her amazing story and show you that you can grow from a place of perceived loss to have an amazing life. Risk takers, let's go to school. I want to welcome an amazing guest today, Beatrice Kihagi. She is a phenomenal woman, and you're going to find out in a second what I mean by this. We don't hear about people like this every day, and you know what's funny? We hear about all these famous entrepreneurs and all that stuff, telling their stories, but we don't hear from people we call underdogs, you know? So here is one today who has done some phenomenal things, and I think the world needs to hear about you, B. So I'm going to let you go in and tell people who you are. We'll build the journey, we'll build the experience. I you have so much to share with people who are probably going through some of the challenges, you know, they're facing in life, you know, from failed businesses to failed you no know, lives to failed, failed marriages, whatever it is, you I think I'm going to call you I'm going to give you a title. I will call you What's the word? I was gonna say failure engineer, but I don't want to use that word. But you have you you've done something miraculous. So be, I'm not gonna talk anymore. You just go into it. So <laughs> let people know who you are and what you do.
1: Okay. Um I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to hear from you. And um yes, I am Beatrice and um originally from Kenya, Africa. And I'm a mother of three. Amazing.
0: (laughs) You look so young for your age. (laughs) Yes.
1: And um, I have been an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I have done it all. I have done anything and everything that somebody can think of. And I'm a risk taker.
0: I love that. Now, welcome to the show officially now because you've mentioned you've mentioned that phrase. I want to hear you're the risk taker. And that's what we're doing on this show. We are making risk takers globally. We are helping build risk takers, create risk takers because we are all risk takers. We just need to own it. We are all risk takers. We just need to own it and just do what we need to do to take those risks and turn them into reward that pays us. Now. Question, what is the biggest risk you've ever taken? And I know the story, I know part of the story. So let's take us back to Kenya, how you built your business up from zero to where you built it, and then let's know what happened. There are so many people out there who have faced this, but you tell us the story and we want to learn from you how okay. to turn failure around.
1: Okay, Um, it's a long story, but I'll cut it short, okay? okay. I started business back in 1999 um, and I started in logistics. I started with no tracks, and it is out of, um, when you're employed and um, you have, uh, you know, you get pregnant, you get married and where you were working, it was a hardship area because I was working with organization, non-governmental organizations. And I, I had to look for something else to do because here comes the baby and you have to look for something else to do. So Mm -hmm. when I went now to our capital city, which is Nairobi, I decided to, you know, we decided me and my husband, uh, instead of me going back to work uh, and leave the baby, I opened up a business. So our first business was back in 1999. It was called Silverstone Company Limited. And it was just dealing with tracking did we have trucks? No, not at all. I walked from one office to another, looking for jobs and telling them and convincing them how I can carry their cargo from one place to another. And so what I did is just network with people with trucks and uh, the people with cargo and put them together. And once I put them together, I got my money, I got my commission.
0: So you were the middle woman, you were the middle woman bringing both sides together.
1: (laughs) Yes. And And You
0: you got your trucks from that?
1: Yes, and through that, I built a business and we started getting one truck, two trucks, three trucks. And you were asking about risk. I'm telling you the kind of jobs we were doing. We were dealing with, um, back then, it was just Sudan. It wasn't South Sudan or North Sudan. It was just Sudan. And we were transporting goods from Kenya to Sudan <clears throat> where not many people were doing that, mm-hmm. and especially because of war. You're in the war zone. So you get, but you have to get food to the people on the ground. And um, that's how we built, you know, I built the business, and uh it was really. <clears throat> Um, risk-taking and everybody was like how do you do it how do you go to South Sudan how do you go to Sudan
0: yeah I was just going to ask that question
1: yes how do you transport goods and I never thought in my mind that the trucks would go and be mugged or something or something happened to my drivers or anything
0: (laughs) so you 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 didn't think about the failures we call that the what is what if something goes wrong and all that stuff you weren't thinking about that you were just thinking about the end goal
1: Whenever I'm doing my business or whenever I'm facing my life, I never have hot tea. That is one thing, because the minute you start having hot tea, what, what, if? This happened, what if this happened? What if this happened? And I'll give you one example. One time we had uh, 2007, we had the election in Kenya and it was banning. The whole Kenya was banning. Because everybody, you know, we had fights, the elections didn't go well, and we had tribal clashes, you know. And it was so bad that I remember one organization called Goal approached us and asked us, can you transport goods to, this, uh, to these places? And I said yes. And the places we were going, I'm a Kikuyu. And the places I was going, Kikuyu, if you're seen there, you're killed.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Because it was tribal.
0: tribal warfare
1: yes and I remember I never thought about anything I just thought these things needs to get to the people on the ground there is nobody who's doing that okay it's an opportunity for me to get I mean to get money but at the same time it's an opportunity for the people on the ground so I asked my drivers hey can you do ABCD they said yeah we can go
0: What were you transporting for, just just to clear clear that up, what were you transporting?
1: We were transporting things that were helping the people who were misplaced from their homes. Their homes were burnt, you know, they were staying in a camp. They needed food, they needed water, they needed, um, you know, everyday things. So that's what we were transporting. Okay. And the funny thing is, when we transported these things, uh, I never... I was not watching the news but until mm, evening. Interesting. I Until evening so when I, ca- I when I came home I put on the tv and that's the time I remembered oh my goodness my trucks are on the road oh my goodness those trucks are burning you know I could see the road was burning. Wow. Because people, many trucks were being burnt on the road.
0: But Did you have any of your trucks burnt?
1: No I called my driver and I asked him hey where are you I said oh we are past and i'm like and you're okay yes but and then he told me but i have a problem and i asked him what problem i didn't ask you but i found so many women and kids who were stranded and they just needed a lift to come to my room. so i put them in the truck and there are so many <clears throat> but um so I'm, i need to ask you can i take them to a particular town there was a town that we, we needed to take them And I told him, of course, where are you guys? I sent him some money. I told him, first of all, take them, let them eat, let them have something, and then take them wherever they are going. So to me, that was like, when you don't think what is, when you don't watch things that are making you feel like you're doing the wrong thing, when you focus on on the risk that you're taking, you know it is a risk. It's not like you don't know. Yes. You focus on it. To me, it, it, turn, it turns out well because already your mind is settled, already you're, you're, you know, you're focused on what you're doing and you know that in case of anything, you know how to mitigate.
0: I love that. I love that. Yes. I've got so many questions I want to ask you here. I don't even know where to start. Now, you are doing something amazing that a lot of people don't do. And this is what we call risk assessment in what we do, you know, performing your risk assessment. Now in in risk assessment, one of the things that we tend to do a lot is asking that what if, what if something goes wrong? And it tends to be more focused on what what if something goes wrong, but you're doing something totally different. You're not asking those questions. What if something goes wrong? You're just going ahead. And that seemed to have worked for you. Why? I mean, what gives you the confidence that you are going to achieve your goal? Or do you have that confidence or you just go with faith?
1: I think out of experience, I have seen it is either you do it or you don't do it.
0: How amazing.
1: I have decided to do it. If I do it, I fail, I learn from it, and I, I lo- walk. I love on, that. And I walk on. I love but that. If I try and make it, you'll never know what is written in the next page until you flip the page and you get to see what is written. It's I have to try. I have to try as many things as I can, and I'll keep on failing. Believe me, I have failed enough. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. But- I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not ashamed of failing because like you said earlier, failure is something you learn from. And like I always say, I don't look at failure as failure the way people look at it. I look at failure as an experiment. You learn from the experiments until you perfect your craft. Exactly. Uh,
1: exactly.
0: Yes. A- and, and I see uh, you're doing that so well.
1: Yes. And I guess also... Uh, when you go through tough things, uh, they toughen you, you know, uh, they make you tough and they make you believe in yourself. And once you believe in yourself, even when you're taking the risk, you know how big the risk is. You know how to mitigate on that risk. You know how to, um, how you will feel. Because in everything, there are only two answers. Yes or no. For example, you want to go and meet a client what is the worst that can happen
0: they say no is it
1: that a yes or a oh no? no so if you prepare yourself from when you're leaving your office and you're going to see a, your client you know you just decide i will face the client they might say no how will i feel it is okay if they say no but i tried what about if they say yes oh yes
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> celebrate
1: Two answers, yes Mm -hmm. or no. And when I learned that, it it seems so small. But when I learned that that whatever I face, it is either yes or no. And am I prepared to receive the no? Yes, I am. Am I prepared to receive a yes? Of course, everybody is prepared
0: to receive a yes. Yeah, and that's the funny thing, you know, everyone is prepared to receive the yes, but they're not prepared to receive the no. no. So what would you say to people who are contemplating some kind of big risk in their life, you know, whether it's in personal or business or professional career, whatever it is, what would you say to them? Because I know for a fact that probably about 80 or 90% of that audience will will probably be thinking, what if and the what if is usually what if something goes wrong they are not thinking of the other side what if it goes right like you know obviously accepting the yes when it happens but they are thinking about they haven't started but they are thinking it what would you say to them to help get them over the line with your experience and the so the, 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 so much you've accomplished and we're going to come in, we're going to come back to that story and then move forward into where you are today what would you say to them to help get them taking that first step to begin,
1: uh, first of all, believe in yourself. Second of all, you wouldn't have thought of what you're thinking, you know, if you don't. I mean, you have to attempt to do it because whatever you're thinking or whatever you want to uh, to do, it must be something that was, you know, that was building you. So mm-hmm. until you try it, you will never know what your are built to be. you never know. Try. Try jump on the other side. I know there is fear. Everybody fears. Even me, I fear sometimes when I'm going to see clients and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, yes, I'm prepared for a no. I'm prepared for a yes. But <clears throat> how did I feel? I just adjust myself. You know, I just address myself because I'm prepared. I'm prepared to feel, you know, to meet this giant because it's like a giant. You know, mm, when you want yeah. to do something, it's like a giant. But believe in me, sometimes we do not need so much. We just need to take ourselves. We just need to start it. So if somebody wants to start something, just start it. It doesn't matter how, just start it. Just get into it. Because it's just like an ocean, you know, you get into the ocean, there are so many, so many things that goes on in the ocean. <clears throat> yes. But when you get in, you know, you've got to either to swim or you don't, you don't, you don't get in. <laughs> and when you swim, you might get on the other side, you know. Oh. So when we are entering into this life, or when you're trying business, when you're trying um, you know, to uh um, to do something, maybe. Maybe it's your kids, maybe it is your marriage, maybe it is a relationship somewhere, maybe it's um you're tackling a business. If you never try, you will never know.
0: And that is what the same approach. Yeah. So exactly. you
1: don't wanna you don't wanna get to 95 years old, and, and and when you look back and you're saying, I wish I tried. And yet, right now, you can try it. Just try it. I Many people that. have tried. And they have made it, and that's what gives me, um, every day that's what gives me motivation because I have tried many things. There are some that I have failed terribly, Mm -hmm. but when I fail, I wake up and I say, okay, what have I learned from that? Then what I learned, I come with it to the next one. I try another one, and guess what? This one goes so smoothly. You know what it does to me? Mm -hmm. It gives me the energy to continue. To go
0: on, Yes. yes.
1: It gives me the energy. So you'll never know. And this failures and, 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 and success goes together. Goes hand when in hand, you yes. you learn from it, when you make mistakes, you learn from it. Just like our kids, when we are raising our kids, we always want them to be perfect, perfect, perfect. There's nothing like that. You know, you have to let them fail at some point. They have to know that there is failure. There are mistakes to be made so that from there they can put, you know they can pick themselves that's true fix it, you that know? is
0: so that is so exactly. true
1: exactly yeah because so,
0: it's it's funny to say that you know we have to let our kids <clears throat> you know understand what failure is um last week my daughter my youngest daughter she's nine she put herself forward to be what's known as a school counselor for the school so mm-hmm. every year they have to take turns and um she has been trying for 4 years straight And one girl has been getting it all the time. So I helped her prepare her speech and all that stuff so she can give this speech in front of the school. And Mm -hmm. in the end, she didn't get it. And you know what? I spoken to her about don't worry if you don't get it. No, I told her, talk to her, but I mean they know my they know my approach to failure. And I tend to, I talk, I talk to them about this about I talk to them about failure and how to take how to address failure when it happens. And what was interesting about that is that she didn't get it. I was thinking, oh my goodness, she's gonna be sad. She wasn't. And oh. I was so pleased that she wasn't oh. so was like, oh well, I'll try again next year. <laughs> and she's only nine good yeah she said i'll try again and and that's the approach we need to take in life you know failure will happen and failure is part of success exactly now going back to going back to kenya because i I want i wanted to tackle that because that was some really big fish you were frying there doing what you were doing building that Mm -hmm. empire you know you had uh, how many do you want to tell us how many trucks or roughly how many trucks you had in the end and how that business grew you know, how you grew that business from not having a job to having multiple trucks. And we're going to talk about the big thing you got into eventually. You bought something else. You can tell the audience that. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can let us know what that is. You bought something amazing that most people don't even think about. <laughs> but let's go into that. So how, how big did you build that business? And you also got to work with a number of, you know, international NGOs as well. Let us hear about that. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, so we started this company back in 99 where with no trucks and, uh, we built it up, you know, from nothing, completely from nothing. That time my husband was working and I'm the one who was running the business. So I continued to, um, you know, to go to the client and uh, mostly we were not dealing with the, the government or any, or personal. We were just dealing with non-governmental organizations because, um, before, I was working with a non-governmental organization. My husband was also working with non-governmental organizations. So we were familiar with the grounds, right? Uh, you know, with the, with the organizations. And most of these organizations, they were helping uh, mostly the Sudan and the Somalia because there was war. Any um, of these
0: organizations we know about? Is this some, are they, yes,
1: are they... yes, yes, yes. So, the uh, United Nations. And the United Nations is quite big. Eh? Yeah. So we have uh, IOM. Okay. You know, it deals with migration of people. Right. Yeah. Um international, my uh, IOM, International Organization for Migration. Right. Uh, okay. Goal, goal is from Ireland. Okay. Um we also have um, you know, people like MSF and okay. Transfrontiers. Right, um, yes. We have, there's so many, there are so many. Can I remember uh, LWF, it is Lutheran World Federation um yeah there's so many
0: there's so uh, many of them uh, and it, you work with yes. this, you work with all these organizations to help people more in more these than, countries
1: I work with more than 15 15 organizations amazing yes so and um slowly by slowly people started knowing my name and not because of anything but because of um I really believe in delivering something beautiful something when you when you're tackling a, like, uh, and that's why I don't have a word team, because I trust that whatever I give my client, no matter what, it's going to be the best out of me. So if I give the best, it doesn't matter how it goes, because mm-hmm. I give them my best.
0: Yes, it yes. It does
1: not matter how it goes. Amazing. And so I give. The best. I had, um, you know, one-on-one with these clients. Is there anything that you would want us to improve? Is there anything? I mean, those were early years eh, when we didn't even have phones. (laughs) Wow. We didn't have mobile phones.
0: Uh, uh, You didn't have mobile phones. So how were you communicating?
1: Oh, my goodness. I remember my first business. Let me give you one, you know. One my first business, I was I went to an office and this guy just looked at me and told me, "Okay, bring me a truck." Now remember, I don't have any truck, but I had to um, go and look for a truck. So I had to go on a phone booth and call an office and ask them, "Have you do you guys have trucks?" And I remember getting to this guy and he had one truck and he told me. Yes, I have a trap. And I told him, we we'll meet on this particular day, at this hour, you know.
0: Business. Everything is planned.
1: <laughs> yes. You had to plan, Ali. You had to plan. And when you plan, please do not change. Because if you change, you don't know how to get it. Trust. Now, so you build my trust. First business, I remember going to that place at 11 a.m., and I said 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4. The truck had not come. Oh, no. And um, the client keeps on coming because the client cannot call me because I don't have a mobile. So they keep on coming from their office. And it's a drive. And the car where I was waiting for the truck, we were carrying some fuel and we needed some barrels. So we were buying the barrels. So I was told, um, just make sure we pack these barrels in your truck and then come to a petrol station. Then we can we can fuel. it. And I'm telling you, the truck came at four thirty. Oh, it
0: turned waited, up!
1: It, it turned up. But I waited for all those hours until four thirty. I was patient enough. It was my first business, but I waited. And the cl- I remember the client was like. Is this truck gonna come? <laughs> and I said, like, "Yeah, it's still coming." Wow, it's still coming. So, I've
0: just, I've just identified. I've, so I've seen, I've seen your reason for not asking the "what if" in practice here, because yes. if you had of on the, the thoughts, what if something happened and he's not going to show up, you would have left. You wouldn't have waited that long.
1: I have to wait. It was my first wait. business. Somehow. Yes had to work. Wow. (laughs) And um, when it came and this guy was so apologetic and was like, I didn't know how to get into you. I got into, you know, I I really delayed from where I was coming from. And, you know, there were so many things, but we ended up doing it. And I remember the client was so happy at the end of the day, because when we left, we usually take like two days to deliver the goods to where we were going. And I remember we took one and a half days and the client was like wow that is so good you know we've never had any truck deliver goods this fast and i got the contract so i would have given up i would have given up you know my client would have given up on me but i kept on speaking to my client like it's coming it's coming but then when it came out to my side it's time to deliver you know there are some things that no matter what they're out of your control. Those yes. things which are out of your control, just leave them. But those are, those the ones that you're in control, you can do something about it. Yes. So when it came now to delivering, I told this driver, please, we have to make this work. We have to get this contract. So you will go day and night until you get there. And you will like, I have your back. And he did that.
0: You build that because trust that and was, confidence in each other.
1: Exactly. And because that was in my own, in my control. But this other one was not in my control because there was no communication. So what are so many, you know, many are the times that we are not in control and we worry so much and you start asking yourself, what it, what it, what it, what it? What if what it doesn't work, why did I start this business? Why? Oh, my goodness. What did I do? Self-doubting, so self-doubting. Exactly. Instead of give it time. Give it time to work, and Nothing that is one thing. A day.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing people don't have the patience to do. They don't have the patience to give things time to mature. You know, they want it now, and you know that lack of not allowing time for that process to complete its 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 journey results yes. in many people giving up.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, oh, uh, um. I can continue with that so the so experience. yes so so so, so you,
0: you, <laughs> you, you you build that business up you had so many trucks you were yes. working with you eventually got the working with governments and also the government eventually you know still delivering you know yes. your cargo to these different war zones you eventually got into sudan and south sudan yes. something happened along the way and things actually before we talk about that you build the business up you had so many trucks you went on to buy and I'll let yeah. you finish that statement <laughs> I'll let you finish that statement you went on to buy and go ahead tell us what okay. you bought
1: okay um maybe I would want to let people know that when you start building something when I build this business until 2000 and 2010 Something went, you know, something was amiss because now we were working for organizations yeah, and Sudan had now been South Sudan and North Sudan. They had already gotten their independence. So it was now the donors who usually donate to the organizations. Yeah. They said all the organizations which were operating from Kenya, they yeah. had to go to move to South Sudan so that affected our business so much. Yes. Yeah. We started saying that you must be registered in South Sudan and you must start doing business. You know, with a local, with a local businesses. Business. Yes. So for like one, one or two years, we went down completely down. We had these trucks, but they're not working because now we were just uh, looking at. Uh, you know, we were just uh, facing this. You know, South Sudan now. And one day, I remember I went to one of my organization, World Vision. And uh, I asked them, hey, what is happening? And they told them, no, Betty, you have to go to, to South Sudan. You have to have an operation in South Sudan. They're not allowed now to take tracks from anywhere else apart from South Sudan. South or Sudan. To do business, yeah, Or to do business with any other. We have to do with local because we have to grow the country. And I was like, oh, okay. So I called somebody immediately and I asked them, hey, I want to come to South Sudan. You know? And... Um, he told me, oh, come, and I went, and we just had a company within a week. We got the company moving, and uh, I came back to Nairobi, and I'm telling you, within a month, we had started moving things. But that particular time, I had a very, I had a I had debt. Yes, you know? that happened, yes. because, yeah, I had debt because when the business starts going down, you have so many expenses in the business. So if, you, if there's no money coming in, you're just spending, spending, spending. Yes. So when I was going to South Sudan, that was 2011 in October. We were in debt and we the business was down. So it was like I was restarting all over again.
0: Again. Okay. okay. Hold that thought there. Hold that thought there. Hold that thought there. Now, a lot of people find themselves in this situation in business. Yes. They get into debt, and the next thing they think about—the next thing they think about—is giving up, shutting the business down, and just going into employment. You didn't do that. No. What kept you going?
1: Ah, because I knew it would still work. I just needed to know where the problem was, and I fixed that problem.
0: Just that. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> You just need to know where the problem lies and you fix it. And that's what you need to do. Rather than give up on your big goal, your big dreams, because you're not making money at this point in time, stay the course, find out where the problem is and fix it. And then you move forward. And that has worked for you. It's worked for me. It's working for so many people. And that's, you just need to endure, because you have to also endure the fact that you are not making money because you're just paying out. You yes. know, So that is important
1: mm-hmm.
0: because yes. I know what it can feel like when <laughs> you're just spending, 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 spending and nothing coming in.
1: Nothing is coming in and you're going deeper and deeper into debt. Yes. What do you do to stop getting into more debt and what do you do so, so that at least you can start solving the problem. My main thing is to always find a solution to a yeah. problem. Now, here I knew there was a big, big, big problem. But now, what was the solution? For me, it's to look for that solution. The solution will not present itself. You've got to look for it. You've
0: got to find it.
1: Yes. So we decided, okay, we decided me and my husband, okay. Um, you are a good marketer and you're a good, you know, you're good in customer care. Went to Juba. Juba is the capital city. It was now like we were calling it the capital city of South Sudan. Yes. So I went to Juba registered and the business started. And uh, I remember 2012, January on fifteen, I got back to Juba with the one focus and one focus alone. I remember telling my husband, by June, we'd we'll have completed all the debts and we'll be free completely. And our business will be on another stage. So that time now, we had started selling the trucks. Remember, the trucks are on, on, on debt. Yes. And,
0: and,
1: and, you know, so many things were not working. But I looked at what I was to do in South Sudan. And remember, that time, it's not like I had said, I'm um, just doing transportation, you know, or um, this is going to... I was still looking at other other opportunities, because this is a new world to me. Yeah. But I was just looking at... These opportunities, and I was like, where can I put my head
0: to? Where so so you were in South Sudan, and while yes. there, even though you had the business you were there for, you were also looking for other opportunities to grow exactly. the business, to expand the business.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and I remember one day I was given uh, my first business by UNFAO, you know, United Nations food, food Agriculture, yeah, and uh, they told me to deliver some goods uh, like a thousand kilometers away from where one, and it was like a trial. And I remember calling uh, Nairobi office, and I told them I need this truck by tomorrow morning because I have a loading to do. And lucky enough, the truck was somewhere at the border of loading some cargo, and. You don't travel at night. But I told my drivers, I need you in the morning. I don't know whether you're going to put that truck in the plane and bring it here, but I need it in the morning. And I cannot use anybody's truck. I've got to use my own truck because yeah. I need to make that name. I wanted to make a name, I wanted to make an impact to that organization.
0: Why are your, Why are your trucks branded? what they're branded okay so okay hence you want to use your own trucks. i see yes yes Yes. and
1: you know in your own trucks, you have a radio you have you know good communication so even when they're on the road you know that there's good communication yes i remember you know my drivers told me okay madam we're gonna be there tomorrow morning i told them okay they crossed the border which I don't know how they crossed the border <laughs> <in> that <laughs> evening. Yeah. But by morning, they were there. By nine, when I was heading to work, they were there. We loaded. And this place, we are supposed to take about five days. In South Sudan, there are no roads. So you go looking for your own road.
0: Wow, that's, that's incredible. Are. That's incredible.
1: <laughs> so, but I remember I told the driver, I need this. We take five days, but can you do? three days, let me just do three days, and when you come back, please, I'll give you guys two days off so that you can you know, you can recover. And they told me, okay, we, we can do it. We did it within three days, and the client, there comes the client with his contract. And it was so much that I have learned that, until you try, you can never know what is on the other side.
0: That's an amazing lesson.
1: I could have feared that maybe the truck will not get there on time. I I would have had that. What if the truck doesn't get here? What if uh, something mechanical happened on the road? Many people think about that.
0: Yes, a lot of a lot of people think that, and that's what holds them back.
1: Exactly, but you know what? I I never I never thought about that. And even if that truck did not come, you know what I would have done? What would you have done? I would have gone back to the client. I tell them, "This is what I was anticipating. This is what I was, I was expecting, but it didn't happen. Could you please give me another chance? We wait for this to come." The human looking, being, looking for a
0: done. solution.
1: Exactly. Just communicate with them. If something is not working, just communicate.
0: Communicate. Yes. yes.
1: Just communicate and tell them where you are. Don't lie. Just tell
0: them exactly. This is I, exactly. I like that point. I like that point that you just made. Just tell them what is going on and don't lie. And you find that a lot of people do tell lies just to try and cover things up, smooth things over. It always backfires. I, I find that it backside, backfires when people do this. So exactly. tell people, communicate first of all, and let your audience, your client, your customer know what is going on, because they are also human beings. They know there are exactly. unforeseen circumstances that happen. So exactly. they will understand. Exactly. You know? So rather exactly. than just lie, because lying takes away credibility when things fall apart.
1: And you have to be different. You have yes. to be different. In, in, in my industry, that industry of uh, tracking, many people lie. Mm. I am here, but they are somewhere else.
0: They're somewhere else.
1: Yeah, they say they will get to this place and their track is broken. They never even get to tell the client the truck is broken because they feel like the client will not give them work. But I learned early enough that when you speak your truth, when you tell the client what is what is happening, you know, just put yourself in the same shoes. I want to know what is happening because I was also hiring other trucks and I wanted them to tell me exactly what is happening on the road yeah. so that I relay the same message to the client. And it made me feel so, you know, so good because... Now I was, I was, um, when I looked at the clients, the way they were looking at us as a company, we were different. We told them if the truck broke down, we told them the truck broke down, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and kindly give us two days. And when, even if it goes take one day or two days, and even if it takes those two days and still it's not okay, then we come up with another solution. We told them now we have to move this tra- this cargo to another truck because we bought that truck would. And they would still, so it's all about communication. It's all about keep on trying and yes. do your best. Do your best, as long as you do your best. So we continued and, um, you know, from there, we continued. And I tell you, by June, you we were out of debt. The debt Amazing. was about $60,000. It wasn't yeah. a lot, but it was about $60,000. But to add, to, to add that time was I It was a lot. Money. It was a lot of money. So we came out of it. And um, I remember, you know, when we came out of it, I was like, I went to the bank and I told the bank, guess what, you never call me again because I'll never make this mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> I made it twice, I'm not going to make it again. Yes. And I remember that my manager looking at me and asking me, so I don't know, I want to close the account because you guys did not treat me well. And they could see you now the kind of money that was coming. Coming you, in. And uh, they, they were like, no, you're not closing. So I said, no, when I needed you guys, you were not there. You were not
0: me. there for me. Bankers, typical of bankers.
1: <laughs> I know. That's typical but of did, banks. Yeah. But I was so excited. And, and it is until you try, until you give yourself those, um, you know, like the due dates and everything. And you pass that due date and you look back and you're like, oh my goodness, I did it. Yes, I said by June we'll be out of debt, and, and you,
0: yes, were. you were you were out
1: of debt. And that time now, the company had grown. Um, one of the things that I have learned also, you know, and I have I have seen in my business is, and that's why I am where I am right now. Is yes, I write things that I wanna do. You know, I imagine my life. Once I imagine my life. I fantasize, I go in fantasies and I find myself looking at those things as though they are right there. Okay.
0: Can you please repeat that again for the sake of the audience, just so they can (laughs) understand what you're saying? Because I totally understand because I do that as well. I vision my life how I want it to be. So yes. let 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 them know again because it's not it's I I say this to people and they don't believe it they think you just have to go through the motions go you can't go through life you can't go through the motions with life you have to visualize mm-hmm. things you have to plan things out and this is exactly what you were doing or what you've done mm-hmm. and yeah let, let's hear that
1: yes I I have this book I I, I love writing a lot. Yeah, you know, I'm always with a book because anytime I think of something, I write it down. You write it down. In air. and these days because of our phones, it's so easy. We just go to notes and, note. right. and
0: exactly. notes. Right, exactly. You know, rather rather than, rather than use have... your phone for social media and all that stuff, yes. write things. Exactly. Use your phones and make notes, and I do this. <laughs> it's it's a habit for me.
1: Exactly. So I love writing. So I have I have so many books. I journal my things, and
0: and when you write that book, you're gonna find it. You're gonna find it easy to write. <laughs> We've talked about that before. Are you going to write that book?
1: I know. <laughs> So I I love going to a place where my mind is so, you know, it's so relaxed. And I'm not thinking about the outside world. I'm just thinking about breathing, breathing out, what is good in the world. What are you imagining? You know, what are you thinking? Where do you want to take the business? How do you see your employees? How do you see yourself? How do you see your family? How do you see life? You know? So I vision. I visualize. Why is that
0: important? I... Why is visualizing or have, you know, taking time out to just visualize and bring things into perspective? Why is that important? How important is that? Is that to you? What do you learn from doing that exercise?
1: When I started doing that. I just started writing things. And after some time, when I go back to my book, I would see they came out, they came true. But it gives you energy to continue.
0: To continue, so I believe for me, that.
1: When I learned that, and I didn't learn it from anybody. I just used to like um, write things. Okay, these are the things that I would want. These are the things that I would want to accomplish. And then I write all of them. And I, let me give you one example. One time, I was going back, I was I was in Juba. No, before we went, I went to Juba. Uh, we had written things that we needed to, to accomplish with my husband, you know. And they were, I remember there were seven things. So we wrote them down, and I went to Juba, and life happened and everything. And one day, I was in um, in this plane that was coming back to Nairobi. And I didn't have anything to do in the plane. And it was taking so long, you know, to get to Nairobi. So I took my book and started reading and I was like, oh my goodness, this happened. I ticked. Oh my goodness. Out of the seven things, guess what? Only one thing that had not happened. Wow. One thing. That's the power
0: of journaling. Power of journaling and writing things down. That's part of visualization.
1: From there, I learned, oh, when you write things, something happened that, you know, it happens that I don't understand. I can't explain. As Betty, I can't. I, I really can't explain. But if something happens, and once you go back after so many years, you start seeing. Oh my goodness! I have accomplished all this. So from that time, I started writing things. So I love going somewhere. I visualize. I I, I vision. I see all the things that I would want because everybody has dreams. Everybody yes. has. You know, everybody dreams. Even the yes. people who are in jail and who are in prison, they they, have dreams. they envision, they look at time and like, when I come out of jail, these are the things that I'll do. Everybody, it doesn't matter where you are, Yes, you, you can just note it down and one day go back and see what you accomplished and what you didn't accomplish.
0: And you know, that may just be the first step to take. When you are having doubts, or when you have some kind of big dream, or you know whatever you want to achieve, it's just writing it down. It's usually the first action to take. Exactly. And I adviseable to write things down. I write things that if I don't have a notepad, um, it's on my phone. I use mm-hmm. the notes on my phone. I mean, it's full of so many notes I can't kind of even count them. If I put them all together, I'm sure it's going to be a book. Yeah. And when I go back, sometimes I tick them off, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I've done that already. When did I do that? It's done. Da, da, da. Yeah. And you know, and, and, and that, that's the power of visualization. And it's important that we visualize if we want yeah. to achieve our goals, our purpose in life or in business, whatever it is we want to achieve, because yeah. without visualization, you can't start. You're yeah. going to be thrown left, right and center by the exactly. events of this world
1: mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you never know what uh what you accomplish or what you didn't accomplish. And remember, every time you meet a goal, there's always another goal. Yes. There's always another goal. But if you don't stop and celebrate what you have done, yes. for me, it is a must that when I write this goal and when I go back, like that particular time I said six months, we must be out of debt. Yes. And this is what we're gonna, this and is the vehicle we're gonna drive, this is what we're gonna do. And I did my best. I did it all without thinking. that and, you know, once you write, leave it. Yes. Then focus on, on the what you're supposed to do. Focus. Yes. And one day you sit down and you look back and you're like, oh, my goodness. Now, that gives you the energy. After we paid off the, the debt, after those six months, I remember, um, you know, getting this energy. that now I can do it. The debt is not holding us back. Um, nobody's calling me now to ask me about money. So I can now build this empire. And even that gave us now enough. Yeah. It gave us enough, um, a lot of, a lot of energy because you need all the energy. Yes. Continuing life. Yeah. So it gave us the energy. And I remember we had this dream. My, my husband is a pilot. Okay. And. For well, the longest, he you know, we, we've always wanted to have an aviation company. Yes. So that's the time we opened an aviation company. That was um 20, 20, 2012. We registered it 2012. In 2013, we brought our first plane.
0: 2013.
1: 2013. We Amazing. Our, our first plane. It what plane did you guys buy? It was the Cessna 208B. Okay. Yeah, we didn't buy it, it was just a lease. But I remember when we got that plane, I knew nothing about planes.
0: Yes. But you have your husband, he's a pilot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, he was in Nairobi.
0: Oh, he was in Nairobi. Nairobi. Oh, wow.
1: And I'm in Juba and the plane is sent to Juba to me with a pilot. Yes. And here I am and I'm like, okay, I did the best that I could. The only thing that I knew best is to go and talk to the clients. Hey, I have a plane. Do you need a plane?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> Do you wait, need a plane? Wait, wait, so they weren't asking for a plane, but you got the plane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have a plane. Yes. So and I knew that it was, you know, a 208 b was a 14 seater. You know? Yes. So it would move 1 1 metric ton or 14 passengers. Yes. And it could land anywhere. So those were the things that I knew about planes. Yes. But I remember so when I went to the clients, the clients were like, okay, yeah, so how much are you charging per hour? I'm thinking, okay, mm-hmm. uh, where are you going? You know, where do you want to go? Then I go back to my office and I start calling everybody and I start, I'm telling you the way I started when about the plane business was yes. just hilarious. But because uh, there was a need in the market, I learned through that, and every day I became better and better and better until we were like ranked the best, you know, aviation company.
0: That is amazing. At that
1: time, everybody just wanted to use our plane. Now, when we were given contracts, I had to take other people's planes.
0: So you had your plane, and you started using other people's planes as well. You didn't have just one plane. You had other planes.
1: I had, no, I I could use other people's planes. Other
0: people's planes. planes.
1: Yes. Yes. And then um, the business started growing so fast. Now in logistics, already something presented itself, an opportunity presented itself. One of my clients, IOM, they called me and they asked me, "Uh, can you supply this? And I'm like, yeah, uh, I can, I can. I mean, it's possible. And deep inside of myself, I'm asking myself, supplies, okay. It's just supplies, just to buy and sell, nothing else. So the client is just telling me, no, we want A, B, C, D, and they told me everything that I, you know, everything that I needed to know, even where it is bought. <laughs> the client <laughs> is telling me all that, and they, do, they have no idea they're telling me that. Yes. I remember I did a fantastic job but I got that contract and I did it I think over over seven years you know yeah not over seven over five years sorry over five years because I perfected I perfected the the art of doing the live. and you
0: know that's interesting because you didn't even know anything about this industry nothing you were learning in the process two
1: businesses.
0: Of, through, yes. Remember you were, two
1: businesses, they're new to me. Yes. I have the air air business yes. and I have now the supplies business. And now I am learning at the same time, but you know, when you're a marketer, you can do yeah. everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bet mean, I learned so much more about marketing from you.
1: <laughs> I believed in myself so much that when I presented myself to the client, the client would say, yeah, that's what we need. And now I go back to my office and do the research nicely. You know, yes, so yes. I would come back to the office and I do the research and I get the supplier and I get this su- and I would get like a three suppliers and I would compare the prices and I would now calculate how much does it cost to move these uh, uh, things? Because I was buying all these things from all over the world now, Australia, Canada. UK, I did a lot of things from UK. Yes. And some things I was buying even from the US and how now the logistics of bringing all those things to together.
0: Thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: But I'm telling you, I had, I started now employing, you know, in, uh, in my organization, I mean, in my company and had a fantastic team. And we had meetings like every Monday and every Friday for both companies.
0: Yes. How you big know? did you grow your company to? Did the the, the, team, the whole, the entire team? Oh
1: my goodness. We were doing over a million dollars.
0: That's amazing.
1: We were doing over a million dollars and I didn't even know. My accountant is the one who was, I was so focused on our business and the clients and everything and, and knowing and getting to know things. But I forgot the part of finances because I had a. That's other.
0: interesting. That's interesting because a lot of people will be focused on the money coming in and not the business, and I think that takes away, you know, your focus in terms of the big picture you're trying to achieve. When yes. you start to focus on money, looking at your account, you know, worrying about money. The good thing is that you had you had someone, an accountant who was taking care of all that and you could trust that person. So you yes. focused on the bigger picture, which is building the business, building the two organizations to become what it was.
1: Yes. and And that really helped me. When you get somebody who's also thinking like you, I got this person who was almost like thinking like me. So it's like, i would say a word and she would finish
0: she understood and
1: we became yeah she understood me so well how important
0: so, is that because sometimes people tend to focus on just skills on you know on just you know hiring people to come into their companies just based on skills alone is that enough
1: no i learned with myself but drop me anywhere i just need to learn and i realized if i get somebody willing to learn they can do anything.
0: They can do anything. Amazing. And yes. it's interesting you said that because um, I my operations officer, he, you know, one and w- was one of the reasons why I got him on board was because he was willing to learn. He didn't have all the experience I wanted in operations, but mm-hmm. he was enterprising, willing to learn. And I saw other areas of expertise he had that I didn't have, and I think that's going to be valuable. And today, you know, he's doing an amazing job. And I think that's important to find the right people who are on the same wavelength as you mm-hmm. in terms of thinking about the business, not about their position in the company.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and also find people who are also, um, better than you. Yes. So, yeah. Better yes. Than that's you.
0: important. Yes. Exactly.
1: Yes. You know, especially the things that you don't know. I didn't know so much about, uh, accounts, you know, yeah. How to operate a uh, QuickBooks or anything? Yes. I don't know about that, but I know one plus one is two. Is so two, I know yes. when uh, you know, and yeah, yes. I know two minus one is you know. I'll yes. remain with nothing. So yes. as long as you know that, but I, I didn't know the nitty-gritties of accounts. So yes. But this person came in, putting that, and at the same time, she was like my personal assistant. Anything, anything. Um. So having a great team is beautiful, because yes. you're able now to concentrate. As a leader, you're able to concentrate with what matters. Yes. Now, when you start something, you're all over. You're the accountant, you're the banker, you're the, you're everything, you're all over. You're when, you're first, when
0: you're starting, exactly. When you're starting, I yes. was that, you know, yes. I was
1: loading, I was everywhere, I was everywhere. But now I needed now to come to where I'm able to think the way forward. I'm able to take the vision for the company and take it forward, Yeah, you know? So, but now you have to start creating a good um, team behind you and I had a perfect team. Yeah. <clears throat> so here we are, we have like now, uh, remember we had the trucking business, I would call it trucking business and the logistics business and the aviation business. Now, the the trucking business at some point, we go to a place and we say, you know what? Uh, we can sell all the trucks now, and we did that, and we didn't do tra- uh, transport anymore. Apart from there, some clients who could not let us go, yeah. so we told them, "Okay, we've we'll given you six months so that you can find um that, someone else." You know, yeah, someone else. But um you know, we'll still continue. But this is not no longer our main, you know. And so they knew that. So even if they called and maybe we didn't show up immediately, they knew that now we had already. Decided.
0: You are moving on. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Yes, and, and that's yeah. important because you know you knew the right time to move on with that business. You knew, okay, I've achieved that. That's matured and that served its purpose. Mm-hmm. I need to. You need to know when to let go of a particular venture when you have a bigger fish to fry, a bigger venture to focus on. Is that right?
1: Exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Okay. And um, after that, uh, so now we had the logistics. In logistics, there's something beautiful that we were doing in South Sudan. We used to put this kit together. It's called menstrual Hygiene Kit. Okay, I think I know uh, what that is. Yeah, so um, in South Sudan, uh, many women, uh, there is no water, there is no um, they don't have the money um, because it's a it's a growing company. I, I mean it's a growing country country and and so many people are so behind. So they don't have so when women have their periods, it is very difficult. And of course, because of the traditions and everything, they're unclean, the what. so mm-hmm. the organization had to come in and help the women and the girls. Uh, you know, on the menstrual. And so we had to create this seat that had soaps, it had panties, mm-hmm. and it had something called um, reusable.
0: Okay. Pad. Yeah.
1: Reusable pad, you wash it.
0: So it was like so, a sanitary, sanitary kit, sanitary um, exactly. kit, yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. And it had some, uh, you know, inside, you would be able to, you know, to read the instructions in Arabic. Okay. They speak Arabic. English and Arabic.
0: That yeah. is that is really that is really good. Yes. And that's really good to allow them because I, I think that I, I really admire that because going to the extra extra length to have it translated so they yes. can actually know how to use it. I think that's really admirable. Well done. I that.
1: was so happy because I was among the first people who sat on that and we decided what kind of punches we put and why. And, you know, and what are the pads, which we would use, the reusable pads, which they would use, because there was some in the market, which was, which would burn the women, you know, which was not good. So we had to go through all these, you know, with the organization. And I was so happy. And because I was part of the, of that. Yes. And we made this kit and I was told now to start uh, supplying. So I supplied many, many, and for me, when I knew what it was doing, even to the women, to the girls, <clears throat> and they no longer have to think about that, you know, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. So and that's where now the business gets to a place where you start now caring. You start caring what the end result. You the don't service. Really this is the service the element. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You don't only think about the money you're getting. Now you start thinking the people you're touching. You're helping. You're yes. yes, it doesn't come maybe the first time, but as you grow, as you become a leader in that in your company, you start seeing now how far you're reaching, because it wasn't just me supplying the organizations anymore. It was now the people on the ground, and uh, you will hear my story as we go by, how I lost almost everything, but. And it's just because I wanted, at the end of the day, I paid it because of the people on the ground.
0: The people, yes, you were helping. Yes. Risk takers, has part one of Beatrice Kehagi's story got you inspired yet? Listen out for part two tomorrow for the concluding part of this episode. If you would like to listen to more inspiring shows like this one, don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at our handle at the School of Risk Podcast, YouTube channel, apple Podcasts, google podcast spotify or any of the apps you listen to your podcast on so you don't miss out on future episodes until next time risk takers stay focused on your purpose and let us grow the risk takers tribe